Welcome to the Everlasting Education Podcast, the best of education through a gentle contempt for education. Hello, folks. I'm Scott Postman, and again, joined by Joffrey Swate, our co-host. How's it going, Joffrey? Hello, all. I am doing well. I'm eager to converse about conversation. Converse about conversation once again. So we're continuing our theme. Right. And our theme was with Odin and... Odin and Mercury. And why is that? Because they are, they were the gods of, of message, of word, of proclamation and communication. So for our listeners who didn't hear our last episode, why are these two like each other and it's not like Odin and Zeus or Odin and Jove? Why, why is Mercury and Odin? Oh, well, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we can fall into the the uh, the trap. It's not a trap, right? It's not like it's just waiting to ambush us. But we th- we often think of these pantheons, and we ask, "Who's the head god? Who's the head goddess?" You know, and then you know, in descending order of hierarchy. Uh, but instead, what we're doing is we're we're thinking of well, what were they the god of? Mm. And in fact, that is what the ancients did. And when the when the Romans brought their calendar to the Germanic peoples both sides were like oh yeah obviously odin is mercury because this is what they do right they they both and what was that thing that they shared in oh they talked yeah yeah they <laughs> they used the airs just as we do so they you know they, they used birds and wings and we use radio waves and sweet podcasts fun fun well i wanted to draw that out of joffrey because we talked more about that in the last podcast but if you missed it you don't have to go back and necessarily listen to that whole thing and know that both of these gods were the gods of speech and the calendars interesting i I loved your story about how the two different calendars used from you know the two different realms uh the different gods for the similar right and total aside which you should go back to that other podcast to listen to you can actually do that with a bunch of the other days of the week as well ah very cool so today we're going to talk about conversation in the classroom because kepler is obviously an online uh, classical christian platform and students come to class and most of our classes are done in a socratic fashion that means our teachers lead discussions and some students are very surprised to find i have to talk right (laughs) (laughs) yes occasionally dismayed uh but it doesn't take long for them to 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 find the joy of it and of course there are some students who are like right off the bat yeah (laughs) there may be a ditch on both sides that we could talk about (laughs) there there definitely is every single class i have usually have the one student who wants to you know do all the talking and 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 it's not out of disrespect it's just they're enthusiastic about the content they know it they want to engage and then the other student it's like you've got to peel them off the back wall you know the wallflower that you want to uh, engage right so there are a lot of things that happen in a discussion. And what I mean by that is you have relationship as a student, you have a relationship with the teacher, you have a relationship with the other classmates, and you have a relationship with the uh, particular content. And so we're going to talk about some different ways in which um, a student can interact with teacher the other students how do we do this respectfully how do we add to what somebody else said how do we um you know disagree but what are some of the uh rules of etiquette for conversation in a classroom and so we want to kind of unpack some of those things in a conversational style absolutely yeah and you know it's 
it's it's funny how I mean the, the art of conversation is is being lost. So you know I, I, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you know really we're we're going to have to just unpack how people should talk to each other uh, because the online classroom is not that alien of a place. Right? Ultimately, people need to talk to people. It it is, it, and given our technology, it's it's an actually wonderful opportunity to extend the kinds of conversations you have in person, because it's probably the closest thing we'll ever have to have a distance conversation with somebody. Right? It's it's different than being over the phone when you can see them and interact with them. Right. And and so it can be very personal. And but yet there's still some things we have to you know keep in mind as we do that. Absolutely. And you know there. You have to be thoughtful about conversation in, in any setting. And I think once you get used to being on Zoom or, or whatever the platform is, uh, very quickly, it, it feels like being around a table. Yeah. Right. You don't really feel any any sense of of uh, of removal. Now, if you're trying to play basketball or swim, then that would be a different <laughs> issue. But you're having a conversation and it, it can start to, just to feel as as natural as anything. And I, And I think that a biblical basis for how to treat each other is, is, is all that's needed, right, right. but how to work that out practically and how to actually do that can, can be, can be quite tough. I actually thought that it, it might be interesting to, to read the first three rules. There are five rules, five, five rules, <laughs> five rules in, uh, in, uh, the Kepler online community mm. or the chat one, the text yeah, yeah. And, and, and picture one. Uh, so we have the Kepler quad and the students and several teachers and some parents hang out in there and they talk about class and talk about random things, share the occasional meme. And uh, uh, two of the rules, the, the last two are very specific technical things, like what to do with yeah. your profile <laughs> picture and stuff. But the first three rules, um, you'll see that there's a, just a biblical basis in these. One, behave toward each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Two, be thoughtful about the honor of others. Mm. Three, let the joke or argument go in favor of honoring others and esteeming others as better than yourself. I love those, all three of those. I, I actually think the one that in there about the profile picture, even though it doesn't seem directly relative, does say something right mm. it there is a there is a kind of respect for the other to know who am who am i talking to right even just by way of, of, of a picture so all of them are really rooted in a biblical worldview yeah well and, you know the 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 idea of you know i, I think that there's a, there's an impulse in, in in all of us of course but particularly in in the teenager mm. <laughs> <laughs> um to to win a conversation. Sure. Right. As if every conversation were a debate or an argument. And even in a debate or an argument, to find a way to, you know, if you are right, to, to win that while being gracious is itself uh, something to be desired. But in a, you know, there's, there's no winning conversation. Con conversation is interaction. Right. right? It's exactly. conversing. And so, you know, you, you must honor others while you're talking to them. Yeah. And I, I think when you, when you think about the fact that, you know, we always call it the golden rule, but it's what Matthew seven twelve that we, we want to do unto others as we want done unto us. One of the easy ways to 
facilitate this because in a conversation, there could be a lot of different dynamics happening. So it can't be a hard, fast rule. It has to be these principles that you laid out. But how would you want to be spoken to if somebody disagreed with you or if you were having a little bit of a, you know, a tense conversation, you know, how would you want to be treated? And then to honor that other person that way. And it's very easy to think, well, I'm not being rude, right? Right. So uh, I'm not being actively rude. Therefore, I'm being polite or I'm following the rules of etiquette. But are you trying to impress people with your speech? Because if you are, uh-huh. you're not esteeming others as better than yourself. Like if that's your goal, it right. may be that you happen to impress people. But if that's what you're trying to do, you're you're already heading down uh, a an unproductive path, we'll call it, to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we could just start by saying motivation is at the core, right? right? What is the motivation for this conversation or my part in this conversation? And having the self-control to recognize, oh, you know, the reason I want to say something right now yeah. Is that I want, I wanted to flex and then having that maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to flex or I'm going to change this, <laughs> this, this flex into something nicer. <laughs> One of the things that I have seen some of my older students do very well is in a conversation, you know, maybe I'll ask a question and it's a, a leading question to get into something. Three or four students raise their hand because they all have something they want to add. Yes. You know? And then, you know, you, you try to call on maybe the first person and then when someone gives an answer, they give a really thorough, clear answer that others agree with, you call on the next student, they say, actually, you know, I think they articulated what my thoughts very well. I don't have anything to add, you know, to that. Maybe I'll add this, but, you know, showing that kind of respect where it's not like, well, you know, I I appreciate they said this, but, and then try to say it better because some of the younger students I find just parrot what somebody else said in a way of trying to, to do that. Right. Which is, it's thinking of conversation and you, one can see why the temptation would be there in class, but it's thinking of conversation as scoring points. Yeah. And while some of us occasionally fall into the viciousness of doing that, even at the dinner table, <laughs> uh, in the classroom, there's an obvious motivation for that. Sure. Right? I want to impress Mr. Postma. I want to get that participation grade. Right. Right. So I'm just going to say the same thing and try to do it better. It's like, well, no, 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 actually we're, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're trying to actually build each other up here in in knowledge, and uh, and, and we can do this. Like you can trust you can trust the conversation and the process, right? That's yes. a difficult difficult thing. It's like trusting a sports coach. You know, he's telling you to play defense a certain way. And, you know, if, if you, if you play it that way, things will work out. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. But no, instead, you know, instead you, you, you try to make a play on your own and you get beat. Yeah. And, and that always <laughs> looks much worse than if you yes. would have just, you know, <laughs> got beat uh, by doing what you're supposed to. Well, I think you bring up something that's really important that I've seen already and um, in, in students, typically in the, in the beginning weeks, because they're concerned about their grade. So this, um, it, it's not something I initially actually thought of, but when students are looking at their grade, they want to know how well they did in their their participation and, and how well they did in their their conversation. And so one of the first things that I would say is forget about the grade, you know, and just be thinking it, it will take, and, and it's what I hear you just saying, is it will take care of itself by just having a natural, respectful conversation, you know, right. whatever part that would play. And that's something I try to try to kind of drill into my students and hope they'll trust it uh, right right at the beginning, which is, you know, you can forget about the grade yeah. if you are diligent and enthusiastic. Right, right. Right. So you have to have that cleanness of conscience. You have to know, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself into it. If that's what you're doing, everything's going to be fine. I, I had an epiphany moment that describes that in, in my, uh, I was 18. 
uh, yeah, I had just turned 18. I joined the Air Force. Mm. And one of the things that they made us do is we had these manuals. <laughs> so whenever you were, you know, you had marched to everything. So to mess, to uh, whatever class you were taking, to the drill pad. And when you were standing there waiting your turn, you know, as a, as a unit, you had this book that you had to hold open, you know, at, at sort of a semi-attention and read this book. And it was all the rules about being an airman. Mm. And I remember about, oh, I don't know, six weeks in or, you know, almost halfway through and looking, thinking, there's no way I'm ever going to know all the rules. I'm not going to be able to pass this test. I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to go to jail some, at some point in my military (laughs) career because I didn't know a certain rule. And then it dawned on me, if I just have respect for the job that I've been, you know, give that I've enlisted to do and for the military and for the mission, if I just have, you know, a moral respect for these things, it will take care of itself in 90% of the cases. I don't even have to worry about this. Right. And it was such a relief to know if you're just all in for the right reason, you know, the rules in, in the same way I think is true of the grade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately it, it goes back to, to reading Paul on the law, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, students uh, know that the rules exist mm-hmm. uh, for those who wish to, well, not be in class, I suppose. Right. <laughs> If you want to be in class, you will miraculously find that all is well and that your conversations are blessed. And then you can just relax and have the conversation. Yes. So it is a lot like the law. But, you know, but there is there are some techniques that I think can can help make uh, make conversation better. Uh, little bits of rephrasing, um, you know. But even those they 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 come naturally to you when you're not trying to score points. When you actually yeah. are happy to make your colleague. Sorry, that was a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of, of Spanish leaking in your classmate. Uh, uh, you know, you, you you love making them look good. <laughs> I I thought that was a Freudian. You were going to say it was a Freudian slip, but no. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I don't get it. You can uh, explain it to me later. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just totally kidding. All right, so let's talk about some of those techniques. I'm going to throw out a scenario, okay. and then uh, and again, we don't want to boil this down to like you know here is the rule for how to do this, but but just a scenario that would give some examples about what you're talking about. Mm. Okay. So the teacher calls on a student and, um, you know, ask a particular question and maybe one student gives an answer and a student disagrees with that student. They have a different take on the answer. How do you disagree politely and yet still engage in real dialectic conversation without, you know, compromising that, but not also at the same time, not being disrespectful? Yeah. I mean, well, one of the things, one of the things that's commonly done is finding something that you agree with or that you, you found beautiful or whatever mm-hmm. in what was said, starting with that and then going on to make your points as if you were in fact amplifying. Yeah. Right. But you know, that's not, it's not always necessary to do. And in fact, doing that sometimes uh, is, is dishonest. Sure. Right. Um, and so, the, so then the thing to do is, is simply to say something like, well, my thoughts are, or the thing that, that came to me or occurred to me and not to dwell on the fact that in fact you're disagreeing. Yeah. Everyone will see that you're disagreeing and to dwell on it or to, to mention it explicitly at the beginning, that can often be, be the sort of thing that, that alienates or even sends out signals that what I want to do is argue instead of converse. Yeah. That's a really good point. If, if there is a clear, you know, um, disagreement, it, sometimes it's easy to say, you know, something along the lines also like, I can, I see how that, you know, uh, so-and-so came to this conclusion, you know, that makes sense. 
I sort of thought about it in a different way right. and I was thinking about it like this and, you know, I wonder how that might play in and, and sort of finishing up in a good dialectic conversation, finishing up almost on, on the air of a question, like yes. here's what I'm putting forward. Now it's still open for somebody else to, to continue or disagree. And, you know, ethos, you know, you're, you're, I know you're asking about specific things and maybe some more specific ones uh, coming down the pike, but ethos plays into this a lot. Right. Yeah. And so, so students should be thinking about, uh, the identity that they're constructing within that classroom. Oh, good. Right? D- does your teacher and do your classmates trust you to respect them and honor them? Yeah, that's good. Then you can be more plain, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because th- they understand where it's coming from. The hackles aren't up, right? Yeah. As long as you establish that ethos. If if people are suspicious of you, if you're always trying to pull one over on them or always trying to score points with the teacher, um, then people are more likely to be a little hostile, and that and that can that can sort of create an echo chamber of everyone trying to fence right. when maybe fencing is not on the agenda that day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, okay, so now you want to agree with someone, and you feel like maybe they made a point, but their point could be amplified, but you don't want to come across like. I'm just trumping you like, yeah, that was good, but right. you know, but let the big boys here tell you what the real answer is. Yeah. I think that that is something that, that happens pretty often where again, with the scoring points thing, it's like, you know, you, uh, you just want to, you, you just want to make sure that the teacher knows that you had that thought too, right? <laughs> yeah. If that's what's motivating you, don't speak. Yeah, you're gonna, you're going to be fine. <laughs> uh, but um, if that's not what, what's motivating, if you think that you have a certain turn of phrase or a certain angle that really will contribute, um, then that's what you should say. Yeah. And, and often the way to do that is is to is to fix on on, on the phrase or, or the the formulation uh, that the other student had that you found you found elegant or mm-hmm. truest or you really liked that. And so they, you use that as your springboard of key to this, to this particular uh, one would be don't talk long. Oh, that's good. Right. Allow, allow the, uh, let it be that the other student said most of it. Right. Yeah. I love that in, in, Everything that you're saying so far, again, comes right back to that motivation, doesn't it? Yeah. If you've got good ethos, (laughs) if you are a a respectful, you know, student with the, with the right motivation, these things will come most naturally, most often. One of the reasons why we wanted to do this particular podcast is because for some students who haven't been in this situation before, sometimes it's not always natural uh, to know how do I do this? I recognize that I need to do this, but I don't know how to do it in a way that I don't come off awkward or rude when I don't really mean that. And and so I think that genuineness that you're talking about usually will shine through if you just do, you know, natural. What about the student who doesn't like to speak, knows that they have to participate, um, and maybe they just wait until the teacher calls on them because they mm. realize the teacher isn't, you know, the, the teacher realizes they're not engaged, so they're going to call on them. How can a student navigate this well? It's not their proclivity to speak. Yeah, I think that that, that is more about uh, the preparation than a particular moment, right? Like, here's, mm. here's a question you know the answer to, and what are the techniques to go now? Yeah. It, it, it's not about that. So what I would say is, and, and this, this part will often be easy for that sort of student. First, do your, do your homework. Do, do your preparation beforehand. Um, and you know what? If, if you do something like send an email to that teacher about a thought of yours. Mm. And as the teacher, when the teacher responds, you, your own thoughts about it 
grow and you have more confidence, particularly that the teacher will receive it well, or even arrive early at class. And if the teacher is, is, is in the Zoom room already, you know, say the thing right at the beginning. Hey, I was reading this and it's just you and me or just you, me and one other student. And I was reading this and I, and I had that thought. And then the teacher can engage with you a little bit about it so that 30 minutes from now, when you're in the heat of everyone, everyone is talking about it and you, you have a bit more confidence about, you know what, this is, this is something that, uh, that people are going to want to engage with. I love that. And the, the, the key takeaway for me and what you just said is the prior preparation, right? Doing your homework uh, there. I, I probably am going to mess this up, but there was a, used to be a, a statement, you know, the five P's prior preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think that was it. And, you know, just being prepared to come to class to know what we're talking about will make it much more natural. Right. Uh, exactly right. And, you know, and there, are, you know, if, if a student uh, doesn't want to speak, um, you know, it's, it's often uh, because of, you know, maybe personality or previous uh, experiences, but it's also often simply because, you know, they, they didn't want to do the homework. So that comes back down to, you know, if you're enthusiastic, yeah. Uh, and so if you enthusiastic doesn't mean you're showing up with a silly grin on your face. It means you're you have decided and this can be a conscious decision, like so many things that we think come from our from our feelings. It's a conscious decision to dedicate yourself to the subject matter. Yeah, right? I, I am going to take this class seriously. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to find the things that are that that I that I like about it. And I'm going to learn more and more. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And if you, if you make that conscious decision, regardless of your personality, you will have, you will have contributions. Some people are more naturally garrulous than others. That's fine. You don't have to fake that. Yeah. Just, you know, be there and contribute. Well, one of the things in, in what you were saying, um, it points really to the real education, right? Because a lot of students are like, this is what was assigned. I have done my education. If right. I have done what the teacher has assigned, like, as you know, and not seeing that as the bare minimum and thinking I'm going to actually engage. This is a launching pad for me to become educated. Well, I'll tell you that won't, I won't work at Kepler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you, you, one wouldn't want that. Uh, anyway, like, well, you know, it, it's, uh, don't you want more from you, from your own education? Um, but you know, regardless at Kepler, that's not going to work. Like you, you have, you have to talk and, you know, it may be that you have had educational experiences that have simply been about writing complete sentence answers on a piece of paper and handing it in and hiding in a classroom of 30, or that was the only homework you did when you homeschooled. <laughs> um, but, but you could have more, right? You yes. could actually have conversation. And, you know, that, that is the primary way one learns. The primary way one learns anything. When you talk to your math teacher about math, that's when you truly learn. Rare is the person who learns to love math and excels at math from a textbook. Yeah. If you speak to mathematicians, they will tell you who their influences were, who mentored them. These have all been really, really good. So a couple of, uh, an, a couple of other thoughts. Um, so far, you know, everything you've laid out here has been super helpful. But there is a situation where a student, for example, disagrees strongly with a teacher. And I'm not talking about the student who's just got this little rebellious or wants to be disagreeable for the mm. sake of being different. I'm talking about a student who may have a serious conviction um, that, is different than where maybe the teacher's leading in the discussion and in the discussion, it becomes apparent that the student doesn't agree with the teacher, you know, so how can a student stand by their 
well-informed conviction. I want to Mm. clarify it that way. We're not talking again about flippant, but a well-informed conviction about a particular matter and disagree with the teacher respectfully and yet maintain their integrity. Well, first let's just say that we are assuming uh, that we have uh, a generous teacher, a good teacher, right? Because there are, there are those, there are (laughs) teachers in the world, just like students in the world who have to be right. Right. (laughs) So we're assuming we're not talking about, uh, I own the zoom button, like the, like the, the bad cop with the badge. Right. (laughs) Uh, But you know, this, this comes back to the, 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 question of ethos and the question of honoring others above yourself so you hopefully you've been honing these skills with your classmates because one of the key aspects of in conversation allowing others to to have more honor than you is the old last word (laughs) so my strongest piece of practical advice would be after speaking up and having a great conversation about it let the teacher have the last word (laughs) (laughs) even the generous teacher that we were talking about, because what you're doing then it's not the conversation has been had and the blessing and benefit has already been gained by all. What, what that is actually doing is sort of reestablishing for everybody, uh, the, the authority of the classroom, yeah, right. Which is the safe environment in which everybody is right. So you are allowing the teacher to restore that. You should contribute to that. Let the teacher have the last word and hopefully the teacher will be gracious enough to do that well. Um, but as far as like initiating that, which, uh, which is, I think probably what that, what the challenge would feel like, uh, uh, to the average student. Um, that has to do with the ethos, mm, right? Yep. Have you established a respectful tone toward all uh, in your classroom so that you don't have to start with uh, sir, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless this is what happens already in the classroom, right? But you don't have to the ratchet up the obsequiousness. Uh, you don't have to bring in extra aggression. You can speak plainly because everybody trusts you. Yeah. That's what I would say. And again, that comes back to the ethos. It comes back to the, um, the sincerity, the right motivation, and there is room. One of the great things to think about, too, in a Socratic discussion is if there is a dis- disagreement or discussion, those listening in get to hear the various arguments. Yes. And that's part of the learning experience. So they don't have to actually be contributing to the conversation actively to participate in the learning that's going well, on. And it makes it real. It may be that the teacher, the teacher was, was teaching something and then said at some point, uh, well, you know, Eastern philosophy says this, or you're in a theology class and, and the teacher says the Lutherans teach this and the Roman Catholics teach this. Here's why these, those are both wrong. And, uh, and then all of a sudden someone says, you know, I'm Lutheran <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then brings in some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's fantastic because then the students are actually getting, it's not theoretical anymore. Right. It wasn't just the teacher saying the Lutherans believe such and such. It it's an actual, Hey, I didn't know this kid was a Lutheran. Let's hear about this. <laughs> and now you get to actually have the real conversation. That's right. Yeah, I love it. Well, Joffrey, these have been super helpful tips. Anything else you would add that we would, um, before we wrap up this podcast? Um, say please and thank you and excuse me and always eat with your mouth closed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye.